Take your Bibles and turn with me this morning to Joshua chapter 14. Joshua chapter 14. The title of the message this morning is Melting Hearts or Holy Following God. Melting Hearts or Holy Following God. The subject that we'll be speaking of is a man named Caleb, who the Bible tells us wholly followed God. In chapter 14, verse number 8, the Bible says, Nevertheless, my brethren, nevertheless, my brethren that went up with me made the heart of the people melt, but I wholly followed the Lord my God. And Moses swore on that day, saying, Surely the land whereon thy feet have trodden shall be thine inheritance, and thy children's children, and thy children's forever, because thou hast followed, thou hast wholly followed the Lord my God. And then in verse 14, Hebron therefore became the inheritance of Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, the Kizanite, unto this day, because he wholly followed the Lord God of Israel. <clears throat> Father, we bow before you once again. Thank you for this opportunity to be here. Lord, I pray that you would minister to me. Pray that you would minister to this people who have gathered here to worship you. And may you and you alone be glorified. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. <clears throat> Caleb stood out from the rest, but that's not why he did what he did. He made the choices that he made because simply he believed God. This morning there's some things I want to notice that I want you to notice regarding the faith of a man who the Bible says wholly followed God. <clears throat> His faith was simple. He just believed. There was not a lot of fanfare. It's just, as he said in verse number 7, I brought him word again as it was in my heart. His faith was generational. We've heard a lot in recent days of generational godliness. And may that be <clears throat> our heart. But his faith was generational. His faith was enduring. It was patient. He still believed 45 years following the time that he went in to spy out the land. <clears throat> His faith was strong. He knew God would defeat the enemy. His faith was bold, even in the face of opposing brothers who wanted to stone him. His faith was courageous and fearless. He was ready to fight. His faith was reflective. He remembered God's goodness and his promises. His faith was passionate. He was sorely disturbed at all the foolishness around the doubt and the unbelief. And he rent his clothes. His faith was experienced. <clears throat> Years as a recipient of God's faithfulness. You know, Caleb was born in Egypt, an 
over the years he had observed in wonder and amazement at, at the very hand of God that guided them and protected them every step along the journey to this moment to believe that the mountain that he was claiming would become his inheritance was but a small step of faith compared to the long history of God providing over his lifetime. Believers, nothing else matters when we wholly follow God. Nothing can stop us. Nothing can dissuade us or even slow us down. Even age is not limited by the power of God and faith in him. <clears throat> Many hearts will melt. Even, even amongst us as believers sometimes, hearts can melt. But don't be caught up with the melting hearts. Lift up your head and turn your eyes into Christ. And remember the now empty cross, the now empty tomb where our Savior was laid. And remember that he has conquered death and hell, and we are victors in him. <clears throat> you know, Caleb did have opposition. As we read there in verse number eight, nevertheless, my brethren that went up with me made the heart of the people melt. He had great oppositions. We'll see in a moment from Numbers, from the book of Numbers. <clears throat> but I wanted to note several things regarding the opposition. There's several physical facts that, that need to be mentioned. First of all, someone else possessed the land that they were to go in that God had promised. Someone else possessed it. Second, the people who possessed the land were giants. These were not average person like my height and stature. Much larger. <clears throat> And not only did, was the land possessed by giants, but they had great walls around their cities. <clears throat> and later, as, as we come to, that's going all the way back to Numbers, as we come here to, to Joshua, um, at this point, 45 years later, there is the physical fact of his own age at this point. Caleb is 85 years old. <clears throat> Well, then there's the psychological facts. You know, all the facts that we just mentioned could have been playing through his mind. You know, if he dwells on all those physical facts, then psychologically, that is an opposition in and of itself. His own brothers and tribes were opposing him. They wanted to stone him. You know, then all the, all the general doubts and fears that typically encompass our mind at, su at such times no doubt, could have been swirling in his head. <clears throat> All the what ifs, what if this, what if that, what if. <clears throat> but the melting hearts is not what I want your focus to be this morning. I want our focus to be wholly following God. Let not your hearts grow faint or grow weary in well-doing. Bible says that you will reap if you faint not. So run the race with patience, with strength, by the grace of God to the very end. <clears throat> You're still here this morning. 
God is not done with you. No matter your age, no matter your strength, God is not done with you. There are battles to be won and your race to run. So I want to talk a little bit about Caleb in his old age and how he valiantly claimed his mountain. But first, the story started long before the verses that we read here in Joshua. Long before he claimed his mountain, it started when he was selected as one of 12 spies to scope out the land of Canaan that God had promised back in Numbers 13 and 14. <clears throat> See, Moses selected uh, 12 spies to go out and scope out the land. First of all, that was done because already of the people's unbelief and doubting. God didn't need to know what the land was like, and he had promised it to them. But 12 were selected. Caleb was one of those. They went in to scope out the land, and they found this beautiful, beautiful land. Uh, grand mountains and green valleys, flowing rivers. They found the land abundant with fruit. It was lush. It was fertile. It was flowing with milk and honey, meaning the land was full of livestock. The land was fertile enough and green enough to sustain livestock, to pr produce plenty of milk. It was flowing with honey. History tells us that um, there was a particular syrup that was made from dates um, back at that time and from that land, but it was flowing with milk and honey it was a fertile land <clears throat> I love the part that it talks about as, as, as they uh, brought back Moses instructed them to bring back um, some of the fruit bring back some of to explain and to show what the land was like well the Bible tells us that they brought back a cluster of grapes so large that two men had to carry it on a pole between them I love to think about that, and you know, I don't. I don't know that the grapes were much larger than. I don't know if they were larger, but the cluster was huge, and I don't believe that they just happened to come across this one unusual cluster of grapes. Um, I don't believe this was a, a prized grapevine. Uh, the giants there probably wouldn't have tolerated Caleb. Um, uh, someone taking away their prized grapevine. I believe that the land flowed with milk and honey and it flowed with so many large grapevines like this that nobody even noticed that they took, had to bear one away between two men. That's how lush and fertile the land was. So they brought back, <clears throat> brought back this report of how great the land was but as we have read here already, most of the spies, they caused the heart of the people to the mount. They said, we cannot do this. We're not able. Which was quite unbelievable because God had already promised them the land. I mean, look at, look at everything they had been through. And yet, was not God able to give them the land that he had 
promised them already? <clears throat> he had promised it all the way to, back to Abraham. And then Joseph believed that promise when he said, Take my bones with you when you leave Egypt. <clears throat> Caleb believed those promises. You know, Caleb didn't elect or nominate himself. He was chosen. Well, in these verses, we see Caleb's excitement, his enthusiasm, his simple faith. He just, he believed God. As we read there, he said, as it was in my heart. Caleb didn't just wake up one morning and suddenly know how to wield a sword. He didn't just wake up one morning and, and all of a sudden know how to wholly follow God. He became patient and faithful and consistent over the years as he saw the hand of God leading and guiding. It was in his heart. And may it be in our hearts this morning to wholly follow the Lord. He had been fostering a faith that was wholly following the Lord for a long time. In verse number 9 there, it says, And Moses swear on that day, say, Surely the land whereon your feet have trodden shall be your inheritance and your children's forever. Again, we see a generational faith. We see we must teach our children to serve the Lord. And the best way to do this is by setting an example for them, leading them, guiding them. So when is the best time to serve the Lord? Well, of course, now would always be the correct answer to that question. Now is the time to serve the Lord. No matter your age or race or creed, no matter your upbringing or education or strength or lack of any of those things, now is the time to fulfill our purpose and to glorify God. The Bible tells us that God is a rewarder of the, those that diligently seek him. Seek him, for he will be found. Seek him while he's near. Seek him while he's calling. Seek him while it is early, lest in a moment the day is gone. God help us to pass on the torch of holy following God. See that Caleb's faith was enduring. It was patient. Here in verse number 10, the Bible says, And now, behold, the Lord hath kept me alive, as he said, these forty and five years, even since the Lord spake this word unto Moses, while the children of Israel wandered in the wilderness. And now, lo, I am this day fourscore and five years old. So Caleb is eighty-five years old at this point. He could have grown impatient 45 more years from, from the time that he went in and spied out the land and he saw how beautiful it was. And he was ready. He was one out of, there, were, there was 12 spies, him, him and Joshua. But we're talking about Caleb this morning. He was one. There were 10 others who said, we cannot do this. And then 45 more years 
could have grown impatient. He could have given up. He could have decided at this point that he was too old, but he didn't. His faith endured. His patience <clears throat> was strong. <clears throat> Speaking of strong, his faith was strong. He knew that God would defeat the enemy. <clears throat> we turn back to Numbers chapter 13. In verse number 30. And Caleb stilled the people before Moses. I love, I love that word. He stilled the people. You know, they, they, were, they were getting into an uproar. As we see, they were, they, at one point, they were even ready to stone Caleb. Really? But he stilled the people before Moses and said, Let us go up at once and possess it, for we are well able to overcome it. His faith was strong. But who, who was his faith in? Well, look over to, to um, verse number 8 of chapter 14. If the Lord delight in us, then he will bring us into this land and give it to us, a land which floweth with milk and honey. Only rebel not ye against the Lord, neither fear ye the people of the land. For they are bred for us, their defense is departed from them, and the Lord is with us. Fear them not. God will fight for you. He we are well uh, able to overcome. You are well able to overcome. He will bring us into the land that flows with milk and honey. And he will give it to us. There is still land. There is still a mountain to claim this morning as we wholly follow the Lord. What is the mountain in your life this morning that God wants you to put, place claims on in his name and by his power and grace. Well, in thought of that, <clears throat> I want you to think a moment and name some of the giants in your life right now. Name them to, to yourself. What are they? Say them to yourself right now. Call them by name. Knowledge is half the battle, and it Acknowledge and face the giant, whatever that may be, whether it may be sin in your life, whether it may be fear or doubting or just things swirling about you causing anxiety or fear, whatever it is, face it. That is, whatever it is that is telling you to give up, to sit down, to give in, to quit, to lay your armor down and say to that giant, by the power and grace of my God, as he delights in me, I will slay you today and claim that mountain. It is important to face the giants in our lives. It's important to say this, at least to yourself and to the adversary who may be tempting you to lay down your armor and to give up. then you will actually have to step out by faith. You'll actually have to slay the giant. You'll have to pull down the walls or scale them and overcome them. <clears throat> so let us go up at once and possess it. This you will do when you wholly follow God. And believer, there are no giants. There are no giants in your life 
that are bigger than your God. Not one. <clears throat> Caleb's faith was bold. Even, even in the face of opposing brothers who wanted to stone him. <clears throat> there again in Numbers chapter 14 and verse 10. But all the congregation bade stone them with stones. That's, that's, that was their response. That was their response to, to a good report that came back and said, this land is, is as beautiful as God has, has promised it. Because, see, there, there are multiple times through the scripture that, that said God would bring them to a land that flowed with milk and honey. So it's, it's as beautiful as, as we've heard. And God has brought them this, to this point. But that was their response. When Caleb said, let's go take it. This is it. This is our time. God has brought us here for this moment. But they were ready to stone him with stones. You will receive the blessings of God upon your obedient heart when you have fully followed the Lord. Sincerely, wholeheartedly, obediently, this is when you'll be ready to face the giants. First, half-hearted efforts and unwillingness, fears and doubts, they only debilitate, they only render you helpless. Second, as we see here, you cannot shoot the messenger as they, as is said today, but back then it was stone the messenger. It wasn't, it wasn't Caleb's fault. It wasn't someone else's fault when the people had doubt and fear and unbelief in their hearts. This wasn't Caleb's fault. Third, which side are you on? Do you have stones in your hands or, or are you bringing glad tidings of a risen Savior, bearing the fruit of the Spirit in gentleness and patience and meekness? How does the giant stick his head up in your life? What is the walls that stand between you and the fellowship of peace, contentment, and victory? How is your attitude toward others? How is your attitude toward God? You cannot say that you believe but be worried about tomorrow. You can't pretend that everything is fine when we have a lack of self-control. We can't be in tune with God and his word and the Holy Spirit and have imbalances in our life that are unchecked. This is contrary to an obedient heart that wholly follows God. Though Caleb wholly followed the Lord, he still had to wait 45 more years to claim and possess his mountain. Yet he faithfully, patiently, and wholly believed and followed God. His faith was courageous and fearless. He was ready to fight. In Joshua 14, verse, back in Joshua, verse number 11 says, As yet... I am as strong this day as I was in the day of, that Moses sent me. As my strength was then, even so is my strength now. For war, both to go out and to come in. Now, therefore, give me this mountain, 
whereof the Lord spake in that day. Went on to say, if the Lord be with me, then I shall be able to drive them out, as the Lord said. <clears throat> Quite the opposite of a melting heart. Many of you have heard the poem, The Charge of the Light Brigade by Lord Tennyson. Half a league, half a league, half a league onward, all in the valley of death rode the 600. Forward the light brigade, charge for the guns, he said, into the valley of death rode the 600. And I won't read the entire poem for sake of time this morning, but we think about that poem. Most people have heard it. It moves. There's something about it that moves us when we think of the heroism and yet the plight at the same time. But the, the willingness, the, the courage that it took to go into battle in such a way with no thought or fear of death just to do their duty to fulfill their calling. May that same emotion and wonder and amazement, perhaps even passion, be in our hearts this morning as we charge forward in service to the Lord. You know, as children, we, we love his heroic stories and we dreamed of being a hero. But then when we grow older, and time and realities and the weight of sin begin to, to taint our imaginations and dreams with doubt and fear. Oh, to be stirred again with a childlike faith in the Heavenly Father to simply to perform His perfect will by His glorious power in us. Oh, to be moved not just with emotion, but wonder and amazement with a fire kindled inside us to charge forward and to claim the promised land in your life with mad courage in God, in your God and Father and Creator of the universe. His faith was reflective. He remembered God's goodness and His promises here in this Joshua 14 again, verse 6, Caleb said to Joshua, You know the thing that the Lord said unto Moses, the man of God, concerning me and you. And then in verse 12, Now therefore give me this mountain whereof the Lord spake in that day. He recalls God's promises. It was reflective. A life li uh, and he lived a life of reflection. And may we live one of such faith. Caleb knew what God had promised Abraham. As we mentioned earlier, he, he, he knew that Joseph said, Take my bones with you when you leave Egypt. He remembered the ten plagues. He remembered the Red Sea, the food provision. The, the bitter waters turned sweet, water from the rock, the pillar of cloud by day, the fire by night. He remembered all of these things as God provided every step along the way throughout the wilderness. 
and he knew what God had said to Moses. God calls for me, he calls for you today to trust him. And as the years fly by and they go up like a vapor, may you recall the goodness of God like Caleb did when he took claim of his mountain, even in his older age. <clears throat> and then his faith was passionate. He was sorely disturbed about all the ridiculous crying and whining and sin is, is what he was so upset over as he and Joshua just tore his clothes. He was so distraught over the unbelief and the sin that was around him. Well, what are you waiting for this morning? There's not going to be physical giants out to destroy you or keep you from claiming what's been promised to you. There's not likely going to be a lion or a bear in the street. There's not likely going to be enemies shooting at you while you're trying to rebuild broken down city walls. There's not likely going to be someone hunting your head or wanting to hang you in their backyard. I certainly hope not. But the same God that delivered those heroically faithful persons is the same God that you serve today. And he will deliver you from the giant, whatever the giant is in your life. that's attempting to keep you from God's promise of peace and fulfillment in his perfect will for your life. Be, may we be willing to rend the clothes of our heart over our own sin, over our own doubt and fear and unbelief. Or for a brother and sister, brother or sister that may be struggling. Fight for them, pray for them, encourage them, and remind them that their Canaan land, their mountain, the exceeding good land in their lives needs to be claimed. It needs to be possessed. Oh, that we would passionately follow God. <clears throat> and Caleb's faith was experienced, as we've mentioned already, years as a recipient of God's faithfulness. <clears throat> he was born in Egypt. He grew up there. He observed the wonder and amazement of God as he guided them through the journey. So to believe that this mountain would be his inheritance was such a small step of faith compared to the long, faithful history that God provided over his lifetime. So as we close this morning, I suppose Canaan land could be a picture of heaven in some ways, but I believe that Canaan is a picture of the victories and blessings in this life, today, this morning, as we live here, that God has promised us now. Stay strong in the faith, holy, follow after God, and strengthen the brothers and sisters around you as we're encouraged from the book of Hebrews to lift up the hands that hang down and the feeble knees and make straight paths for your feet. Support and pray for one another 
and believe that the smallest faith can move any mountain that may stand in your way. Abraham believed and took action. David believed and took action. This one came to mind, interestingly enough. Jonah believed, but he didn't want to take action. But God brought him to take action. God is going to bring us to take the action that is meant for us to take one way or another. Do you want the life of Jonah? May we have the life of Abraham and David and Caleb and Nehemiah. He believed and took action. Yes, God will perform his perfect work. And he doesn't need us. But in his mercy and great love, he has chosen a people to spread the gospel. Has he chosen you? If he has, come to him now. Come to him. Come to know him. If you know him, whether you're willing like Abraham and Caleb or running like Jonah, God will bring you to the point in the time predestined for you to gloriously claim his grace in your life. But you remember the story of the, the parable of the talents? What has God given you this morning? Has he given you a lot? Has he given you a little? That doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what he's given you or what you haven't been given. What matters is are you using what you have and developing it to the glory of God? There's coming a day that we will give an account for whatever we've been given. Will he be pleased with what we've done with it? God was so pleased with Caleb that he, he mentioned it several times. It wasn't just mentioned in Numbers and Joshua. It was mentioned in Deuteronomy, and I believe one other book as well, that he wholly followed God. What will God say regarding the mountains in your life that you are to claim and regarding the giants and the great walls that you must overcome in order to claim it. <clears throat> I don't believe I can close without saying, you know, when the scripture tells us here regarding the strength of Caleb, that he could go out to war when he was 85 years old, that's, that's not the point. The point because we also know that, you know, the Bible tells us that even the shoes didn't wear out. God provided certain miracles. It's not that he can't provide those kind of miracles this morning. But my, I don't know about yours, but my shoes wear out pretty often. So the point is that we follow God wholly. That we believe in his strength and his power. So this morning... I appeal to you, come to Jesus now. Bring your burdens to him. Take hold of his promises and possess the land. Let God slay the giant fears as you trust in him. Let not your hearts melt, but wholly follow God. <clears throat>